Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, and welcome to our first show of 2017. It's our Locked On Texans postgame show. The Texans lose a meaningless one to the Titans 24-17, but that doesn't mean we don't have plenty of really good stuff to talk about. Joining me is R.G. Seal, my Houston Sports Talk podcast co-host, and hey, R.G., the day started off with some real interesting news, and to me, this is way bigger than anything that we saw happen in the game. Jay Glazer tweeting out that, Quote, surprise opening could be Texans. If they lose early in the playoffs, I can see O'Brien slash team agreeing to part ways. Good candidate on market. Well, I just thought that was extremely interesting, RG, because this is three straight years where Bill O'Brien's been nine and seven, piecemealing quarterbacks together and doing all that sort of stuff. And we know Bob McNair, he doesn't like to make rash moves and he loves his guys, and he's loyal. How surprised are you at this? Do you believe this? Because we know Jay Glazer's got a pretty good rep. He's not quite Adrian Wojnarowski, right? But he does have a pretty good reputation. And and by the way, first of all, I just want to start off by saying Happy New Year, Happy 2017 to you. Although it really wasn't too much different than 2016 for the Texans, right? Not much offense and uh, a loss and 9-7 and seven record, like you said, more mediocrity. Yep. But getting back to that that report, uh, I I... I wouldn't say I'm really shocked or anything like that because, you know, you come off a, a nine and seven season here, expectations, and going into the game, the Texans had clinched a playoff spot. With Bob McNair, generally, he likes to keep poaches for a long time, but but judging by what's happened with the Texans this season, and and the fact that Bill O'Brien's a different type of coach too. Yeah. He's somebody. Look, he went to Penn State, going there, but then he had his sights on the NFL, wanted to return to the NFL. He's still a young coach. Maybe there's been some dissatisfaction on how he wants to run things with the organization. We know that Rick Smith was given a contract extension. We know that Bob McNair and Rick Smith seem to be very tight. So you just don't know how the dynamics of the organization work. It's always been a mystery. It's always been an enigma. It, it kind of reminds me of like you need Alan Turing in here, right? The, the Benedict Cumberbatch played him in the movie, right? Where, you know, trying to crack the code. Because I, I still can't figure out this Texans organization after all these years. Who has the power? What's really going on? What's happening behind the scenes? And the fact for Jay Glazer, you know, to drop this kind of information right before the last game of the season, heading into the playoffs, it just kind of uh, makes you wonder. But it, is it really surprising when you kind of step back and look at it and look at the personalities involved? I don't. I don't think it's it's shocking because in the NFL, coaches can lose their jobs anytime. Look at Chip Kelly after one season. You know, also getting fired with the GM over in San Francisco, Trent Baalke. So I, I think from that way, you always have to be prepared in the NFL. 
for somebody leaving for these jobs don't it's the NFL it's not for long right but at, at the same time just judging by what Bob McNair has always done with his coaches a long time for them giving Dom Capers five years what was it Gary Kubiak had what seven seasons how many seasons did Gary Kubiak end up having and so you expect with a Bill O'Brien that you know especially with two consecutive playoff appearances and the way that he really kind of done a, a very good overall head coaching job with the Texans that, that he would continue on. But, you know, that's that's why it's kind of it's interesting to speculate and and see where the Texans potentially go after the season, especially if they have a flop in the playoffs. And, and, and maybe I can add a little bit more here in a second. Do you have anything to respond to that? Oh, absolutely. Because one of the things that you said early on was to me, the, the only reason this happened, if, if there's a difference in personalities between O'Brien and Rick Smith, they're not getting along. Maybe it's as much O'Brien trying to pull pull away from the Texans as the Texans maybe saying it's time to move on. Because, you know, one thing about Bill O'Brien, he's got to look at the situation and go, maybe I'm stuck. Maybe he goes, hey, I'm not sold on Savage. We're stuck with Osweiler maybe for another season. And we're never going to get this quarterback situation squared away by the time we do. You know, my stock goes down as a coach. You know, I might not be able to find other jobs or something like that. That's the only way I can see it happening because really what should happen. And this is a, we can, we'll have all off seasons to get into this RG, but what should happen to be honest with you. And we've said, and I've said it before anyway, is they need to get another offensive coordinator in here. They need to get an offensive coordinator because you know, this is another game where you go, boy, Romeo Crennel has got nothing as far as, uh, luck this year he's had a lot of injuries off and on you lose J.J. Watt and it seems no matter who he runs out there the defense always looks good and it always looks respectable going into this last one he was number one in the NFL in, in defense and then offensively it doesn't matter what they do or who they put out there it, it's an issue it's like we've seen this not this just this year but in total and it, we we think it's the quarterback but we, I know me and you have talked about this. It's, it's also O'Brien. It's also Godsey and some of the stuff that they do out there. And, and I want to get into that. But, I mean, are, do, do you feel like this would be more of like a personality break than, than actually, you know, Bob McNair saying, I don't want to have Bill O'Brien anymore? Well, again, I, we, it's shrouded in mystery, the Texans organization. We've been trying to figure this out from the very beginning, trying to read the tea leaves here, right? Because, I mean, it's, it's been the same thing. Well, who has the power in the organization? How much of an influence does the owner have? What does the GM do exactly here? Does Bill O'Brien have final saver personnel? Who even brought in Osweiler? Was it a joint decision? Was it Bill O'Brien saying, that's a quarterback that I want? Or was it Rick Smith and Bob McNair saying, this is a quarterback we should go out and get. He's available on the market. Bring him in here and Bill O'Brien concurs. That's where we have all this. We don't know. But what we do know, kind of what you were saying there is, you know, that Bill O'Brien, this might be the time where he's looking at the market and seeing, look, a job like San Francisco's potentially open, you know, where they're having a top pick. I can draft a quarterback. You have like Denver, apparently Gary Kubiak, the former Texans coach, is rumored to be stepping down after the game, citing health concerns. So if Denver opens up, that's a team with a great defense. I mean, again, he could be a coveted coach out there on the market. And you have to look at the Brock Osweiler situation as part of this because he was signed for, you know, the $37 million guaranteed over the, the – well, it was actually $72 million, but the 37 guaranteed two years here over the first uh, – you know, so they – 
they want to come back next year. As much as people don't want to hear this, the fact that Bill O'Brien's have the game is still to be determined who would be the starting quarterback next week. You know, usually you'd say if Tom Savage is healthy, he's the starting quarterback. He didn't, which gets back to, well, is Brock Osweiler going to play next week against Kansas City? It gets back to the quarterback controversy. That's kind of bad thing into a playoff game to not know who your quarterback's going to be. But it also lends to what you were saying about next season. And maybe it could be a personality class because it might be, you know, that Bob McNair said, look, George Godsey's going to have to go, you know, or you're going to have to do something different about the offense. It hasn't worked in three years. You've tried to do all these different things. You were brought in as an offensive genius. You were hailed as like this guy that bring this new, complicated, really exotic offense to the, to the National Football League. And instead, you've kind of, you know, failed at that. And we want to maybe see if you bring in some outside help here. You know, I don't know. I'm just speculating on this. But that could be something that, you know, because we've seen Bob McNair. We've mentioned this before. After Gary Kubiak had a, a, an abysmal defensive season, uh, they, they went out and hired Wade Phillips and it turned the team around. So maybe there's some pressure from the front office there, change the offense, do something different. And maybe Bill O'Brien's like, I know my system works. I, I want to go someplace where I can have George Godsey and I can create the team that I want to offensively and have more of the personnel that I want to be able to get there in, in there. You would think at the Texans he's gotten the, the players that, that he's wanted. But again, we don't know. There's so much shrouded in mystery here. Or Jay Glazer could just be wrong. So we, that's also a possibility. And just the, the day also starts off with you finding out there's no Jonathan Joseph, no Lamar Miller, Jay Prosh, John Simon, Brian Cushing, Jadavian Clowney. So we, we went through the charade all week where Bill O'Brien says, oh, I want to win 10 games, and that's so important. And we, we want to win every game, even though this game is completely and totally meaningless. So he goes out there without all of these starters. But going into the game, the, the, the important thing for every Texans fan is we want to see Tom Savage. What can he do? You know, another week where he gets a start. What are we going to see from him? What happens? So then Tom Savage, who you're playing, you're taking a chance because you don't have to play Tom Savage, but we know he needs reps, and I agreed with playing him, at least, the, at least for a couple, or, couple quarters, maybe three quarters, to, to give him some more reps and to see what he could do. But, you know, it, it comes to a point where it's fourth and one, and they decide that they're going to do a quarterback sneak with Tom Savage after not doing that all year with big six foot eight Brock Osweiler, RG. And, and, and when you had these short yard situations where they weren't good at, they didn't, you know, without Arian Foster, they are just a total disaster in short yard situations. So they decide, okay, we're going to try Tom Savage, an injury prone guy, a guy that you need next week for the playoffs. We're going to try a quarterback sneak in a meaningless game. And guess what? He gets a concussion and he's pretty much done for the day. That's where I have my issues with Bill O'Brien. And going back to, I can wrap right back around into what, what we talked about earlier is Bill O'Brien makes some really weird and I think pretty ignorant decisions. You know, it's just like they, they make decisions where you go, what's wrong? And it's not good enough anymore to go, you know, the old it's on me, uh, Gary Kubiak, or it's my fault, Tracy McGrady into the press conference. I blew the call, blah, 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 which I seem to seem almost almost every week these days for Bill O'Brien. You, you can't do that. Tom Savage, injury-prone quarterback, fourth and one quarterback sneak. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, we, don't we do this every single week where we have a, a two or three plays we just say, you know, WTF about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's 
it's it's like that every single week. It's a play calling. It it gets back to you know what are these two guys doing? Meaning you know Bill O'Brien, George George Godsey, because apparently early in the season, you know Bill O'Brien said I'm taking the play caller duties back, and like no 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 wait, uh, or you know then he says later in the season I'm sharing them with George Godsey again. So who knows? But whatever whoever decides that we're assuming it's Bill O'Brien. I mean those those are just yeah you can't have your quarterback whom you're trying to protect. You're trying to. Uh, you know, save for the first playoff game. Apparently, I mean, this is all supposedly you're trying to get him ready and you have him do a quarterback sneak where he's taking a shot, you know, from from defensive, you know, linemen, linebackers jumping in there, uh, whomever to, to go over there and try to tackle him. So and then he gets a concussion. And yeah, I mean, and you also have to look at like from Tom Savage now. I mean, this is a guy who missed, you know, last he was on the injured reserve. Two years ago, when he came into the game against Indianapolis, he got injured. Now he's had an injury here. How just how durable is he? I mean, he's only had let's see what four NFL games now. This was his fourth NFL game, Indianapolis game, and then the last three this year. And you know, he's already had a, a couple of injuries where he's had to leave the game. So you just have to wonder too. Going into next season, this gets back to it's not only this season; it's the future. Thank God Brock is durable. By the way, he he never gets hurt. You never see him right. go to the mean, <laughs> yeah, he's really durable. That's just the problem. He's in there every week. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, but maybe there's somebody, there's always going to be a coach out there that's going to come in. It's kind of like the salesman that, you know, comes in with all the, the, the you know, special elixirs and the voodoo trinkets, right? And says, hey, I can fix this guy. I can make him all, you know, 100% again. I can make him the quarterback that you envision. And I can just see Rick Smith and Bob McNair like, oh, wow, yeah, you can do that, can't you? I, you can make Brock Osweiler, like, look like Aaron Rodgers. Because, I mean, our owner even said, you know, if dropped for a drop pass or two, he would have been like Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I believe that. I believe going in 2017 that can happen. So, you know, I, I, I mean, it kind of just gets back to, you know, what's happening here with, with Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage and this QB drama. I mean, I, this is going to continue throughout the offseason. You're going to have that because Brock Osweiler is making $18.5 million next year. The Texans aren't going to punt on that contract. He's going to be the highest paid backup if he starts the season as a backup. You know, the Texans probably still need to draft a quarterback. And then you have a, a Tom Savage, who, who's kind of a mystery man in himself because he's, you know, now that he's started, I mean, you haven't really seen him all that much. He could potentially be playing a playoff game here where he's, you know, played one game, full game against the Bengals. And then he played just a few snaps against the Titans and had that great second half where he came in in relief of Osweiler. And then you got to go back two years for a regular season action when he was a rookie. So, I mean, he's really, you don't know much about him. Yeah, but we, we, we knew that we knew that was going to happen though. Uh, after the last couple of games and after they pulled him, we, we knew the, the Tom Savage thing. I, I think the news today was, okay. Uh, did you see anything from Brock Osweiler RG? I didn't look like the same old guy. Yeah. He moved the ball. And this is where my frustrating part is with the Texans. And again, I'm going to go back to, to O'Brien and the offense and God, whoever's making these decisions. I'm just going to take it to, to straight to O'Brien because I think he would want me to take it straight to him. Look, every week we, we go through the same rigmarole. They roll out there and they go, they tell us after the game, hey, when we did the no huddle and we sped up the offense, we had a lot of success and and Bill O'Brien has said it a couple of times. Yeah, we, we need to do some more of that and blah, 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 blah. And then the next week comes along and it's like uh, they've just come out of like some a coma where they have amnesia from not having seen the last 
10 games that they played, and they're doing the same thing. It's the slow it up offense to start the game, and they can't move anywhere, and the offensive line looks like a disaster, which it did again this game, specifically the right side. We know that Chris Clark and Jeff Allen or whatever, and finally they took Jeff Allen out of the game after a couple of, a couple of uh, series, but then Abushi came in. He was okay, wasn't much better. Please leave Abushi in there, though. He's not much better, but Jeff Allen's just, to me, I, I've seen enough of Jeff Allen. But let me go back to that. I mean, just every week, RG, it's the same story. You know, once they speed up the offense, lo and behold, guess what? They start moving the ball down the field. Look, big mystery. It, this is what you got to do. This is what your game plan should be every single week. And it doesn't mean you have to speed it up every single down, every single play. But that should be the majority of the offense is let's speed right, it up. That, yeah, I mean, this happens every single week. Tom Savage last week uh, versus the Bengals in the second half. They sped up the offense, and he looked a lot better. And then you have it this week with Brock Osweiler saying, oh, once we went to the up-tempo offense, I mean, that's when things really started clicking. So, I mean, what you're saying, Texans need to speed up the offense. And then what Brock Osweiler said after the game, too, basically he should be the starting quarterback for the playoff game. I mean, he's ready to kind of reclaim that position. And to me, this is why it's just a whole mess here. You're getting ready to go into the playoffs. Tom Savage is coming off for concussion so you, you have to go through the concussion test, get cleared by the NFL. So effectively, Brock Osweiler is your starter for the playoff game right now. Because until Tom Savage gets clearance, this is like when he had the elbow infection and, you know, was out. You just can't, you, you know, he ha- he's injured. I mean, he's a, a concussion is an injury and you have to get cleared by the NFL. You have to be able to be eligible to play. And, and at this point in time, you know, they said he was ruled out with a concussion. Could he be ready for next week? Yes. But it's you have to remember, too, it's Texans are probably going to be playing next Saturday. Brian mentioned that the one thing that you can count on is the Texans will be the first game on Saturday afternoon as, as typical. Uh, and I would agree with him there. Uh, you know, because you, you have to look at like going ahead here. Well, that's a short week. This is Sunday. That's Saturday. So Brock Osweiler, no matter what, it's probably going to be getting, you know, the first team reps in practice. You know, he's going to be the guy that's, you know, going to be slated to the start. Teams will have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Savage could, you know, come in there as the last minute starter. But I don't think it's anything that, you know, Unless Bill O'Brien just feels like, okay, Osweiler played well enough in the second half, and I, I know this would upset the fan base and make everybody throw their hands up in the air, but he might say tomorrow, Brock Osweiler's got his starting job back. He's a starter for the playoffs next week. You just don't know. It's a Texans. It's a it's a big mystery. It should be Tom Savage when he went to Tom Savage and said he's the starter. It should be Tom Savage. But now this whole concussion and the, the injury today, that throws a, a cloud on things, and maybe he just wants to be ready and, you know, you know, face up to things with whoever the Texans play at home, whether it's the Chiefs or the Raiders, you know, and have that quarterback ready and prepared to, to go in and play against them. So, you know, I, I it's it's to me, it's just chaos. It's more of a mess. It's just the Texans. It, it, here it is, 2017. You thought things maybe with the home playoff game and, you know, getting back to the NFL playoffs would be kind of hunky dory. And yet it's it's 2017 and the chaos is starting again. Yeah, and, and one other thing about the, the whole speed-up offense, they get to the goal line, they get inside the 10-yard line, they get in the red zone. Uh, it's, well, typically it's when they get inside the 10-yard line, and we're back to the slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. So what happens when you slow the ball down and you're inside the 10-yard line and you take the snap count to under five seconds, which you know they do every single time, especially with Brock. There's no doubt that's been going on with Brock. 
I can't I can't remember as much with Tom, but I've been watching Brock all season. It seems like he's done that. I've addressed it to him in press conferences. He says it's something that they need to change, like they need to he needs to do quicker snap counts sometimes, but yet nothing changes. You know, it's it's this it's like Groundhog Day with the Texans every single week on offense. Yeah, we need we, yeah, we this is what worked. We need to do this more. We need to change this. Next week, same story, same song. Heard it before. You take the ball inside five seconds, inside the 10-yard line, RG, the defense can just tee off because they know when you're going to snap the ball, and they don't have as much field to work with. So they can rush more guys. They can put more pressure on you, and it makes it much, much more difficult to score the football. And then Brock Osweiler in those situations, and we saw saw it again in this game where he's just not good thinking quickly and when you've got a pass rush like that it 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 makes his job even that much more difficult and and it's something that he doesn't do good to begin with he doesn't think quickly he doesn't know you know which guy is going to be open he can't make that split second decision and and pinpoint throw like your better starting quarterbacks can do in the nfl and and it's the same story over and over and over again and you know there's stuff that bill o'brien does well He's put together a great defense. He's done a great job, you know, hiring the guys that they put in place. And I'm assuming he had a lot to say with putting in place Romeo and Vrabel and some of the staff that they put together. Uh, He's done a great job with not with having a team that doesn't have a whole lot of penalties. So he's done that well. There's things about Bill O'Brien that he's done well. There's things about him, though, that drive me crazy that he just doesn't seem to learn from. And that that's it. That's the big concern. What I also wonder is, you know, when they're doing the same thing wrong every week, if Bill O'Brien isn't figuring it out, why doesn't Rick Smith come and say, or, you know, why doesn't somebody in the organization come to say to Bill O'Brien, look, maybe you're not seeing this, but we're seeing this. You're doing the same thing over and over again. Why are you expecting a different result? Why are you expecting things to change? You do the same thing over and over and over again, and we know what's going to happen. And that's where just the real frustration with Bill O'Brien and what he can do as a head coach in the NFL RG, that's where it is. And at some point the rest of the division might catch up to you. And yes, it is hard to win in the NFL. And I get it when he says that. And the fact that they have gone nine and seven, three straight years with what they've had as far at quarterback. I agree. It's a difficult situation, but at the same time, there's things that you can do better with what you've got. Look, we saw a guy in Matt Castle, RG. Do you remember what Matt Castle did in New England a few years ago with Bill Belichick as his head coach? Well, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, pretty much. I mean, he's he's up there with the, in the top five, you know, right. maybe the greatest. So. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying I expect Bill O'Brien to be Bill Belichick, but somehow, some way, he got Matt Castle to be 11-5 and five as his starting quarterback. So, yes, congratulations on getting the Ryan Fitzpatricks and the Ryan Mallets to get you to 9-7. and seven. But there, everything has got to be taken in, in, in terms of context. You know, uh, it's got to you got to put it all together. The Brian Hoyers, the Ryans, all of these guys, they, they've done a, they've done pretty well with these guys at quarterback and the frustration that you have there. And, and maybe not a whole lot on offense besides DeAndre Hopkins. But at the same time, you know, you can be better than than worse in the NFL or one of the worst in the NFL in offense and in the red zone and doing all of those things. And that's something that it seems like it would be correctable 
a little bit. You know, I don't expect them to all of a sudden turn into a top 15 offense with these quarterbacks, but I expect them to change the things that they can change and try something different. And it just doesn't seem like they're willing to try different things, except, you know, when it gets to like the worst of the worst and it's like, oh yeah, now we can change quarterbacks. Now that we're, you know, this guy is just a total and complete disaster. Now we can do it 14, 15 games into a season. Yeah, it's kind of a thing that we've all repeated the quote from Einstein on this program and also on Houston Sports Talk. And that's, uh, you know, doing the same things over and over again and, you know, thinking that you'll get a different result. That's the definition of crazy. And, you know, here with the Texans, you know, that that's what happens every single week. It's like you think, OK, well, they finally learned. You know, up-tempo offense, you know, getting some movement from the quarterback there to, you know, speed up the offense. And the Texans seem to do a much better job with that. And then, like you said, uh, come out at the very beginning of games, go back to this low plotting offense. It doesn't work. It's three and out. Or when they get to the red zone, they revert back to that. They, you know, run the ball up the middle and, you know, get stuffed. And then it's, you know, your quarterback or like you said, pointed out very accurately that Osweiler, you know, has problems when there's pressures applied and he just seems to to panic, get flustered. He doesn't go through the progressions, either get sacked or, you know, intercepted, but throwing into coverage or just making an inaccurate throw. We've seen that all season long. That hasn't changed. And with, and with Savage, kind of the same thing, getting sacked. I mean, he does a better job recognizing the pressure, but I mean, look, he got sacked, you know, four times in the first half against the Bengals, got sacked with a strip and the fumble in, in the game versus the Titans. So you, you have to like, look at like, okay, you know, you got to put your quarterback in the best position to succeed. That comes from the play calling. And you know that if we're noticing it, I mean, the organization must be noticing that people around the NFL are pointing this out. I mean, the Texans, uh, they are they have an atrocious offense. And like you said, look, give Bill O'Brien credit for what he's been able to do nine, seven seasons with, you know, Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, TJ Yates, whoever you want to name there. He's had so many different quarterbacks this year, Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage getting this team to the playoffs. And he has, you know, assembled a great coaching staff with, you know, Romeo Cornell and Rabel, like mentioned on defense. And, you know, it's just that the offense has been so almost historically bad. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, some of these halves have just been so terrible to watch with the way the Texans just can't muster anything that you, you just are scratching your head. And it, if this was happening in September, it'd be one thing, but it's, it's still happening at the end of the season. I mean, the only thing that you can really say is that, you know, hey, the Texans have a fighting chance in a playoff game up ahead because they're playing at home. They've got a top-ranked defense, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, uh, Jonathan Joseph, Brian Cushing. All these guys will be back for that game. They're really flourishing in a Romeo Cornell system. J.J. Watt. So, uh, you know, you, you have to think that this season, you know, Texans have turned a corner on defense, having a great defense without the NFL defensive MVP. So, I mean, that's that. But it's just wondering again about the offense, not only heading into this playoff game, but in the next season. And that carries over the coaching staff with what we talked about at the very beginning of the show with the rumors about Jay, Gla- Jay Glazer saying that potentially the Bill O'Brien could be on the market. There could be a mutual parting of the ways. That means both sides say, OK, it's time to move on. 
that's what makes it interesting. It just it's it's kind of just what you know to ring in 2017 and find out Texans in the playoffs, but you know they're nine and seven again, and the coach could be departing. Now that's kind of how things are right now. How scary would it be, RG, if let's say and and, and right now we we don't know who they're going to play yet as we're recording this. It could be the Raiders or the Chiefs. It it's looking more and more as as we're we're watching what's unfolding after the game that the Raiders might be the team. How scary would it be if the Texans played the Raiders? with Brock Osweiler, and you know what? Brock Osweiler can beat Matt McGloin. They almost won the game, you know, in Mexico City <laughs> with with Derek Carr at, at quarterback, and, you know, I, I think there's a very good chance they can beat the Raiders, even with Brock Osweiler, with Matt McGloin on the other side of the, of the football. So how scary would that be? You go into next season, and they and they say, well, Brock Osweiler, he, he won a playoff game, and... Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I just don't want Brock, at this point. I just keep it's the same thing over and over again with Brock Osweiler. He's not going to get it. He's like the Texans. It's not going to change. The calendar changed. It's 2017. Brock Osweiler isn't going to change. And I, I, I don't want to see Brock play this week, not not only for uh, the game this week, but just for the future. If you're looking at this team down the road, you want to see Tom Savage get a chance in the playoffs. Let's see what he can do when the pressure's at its at its biggest and its brightest. And he's on national television and everybody is going to be focusing on Tom Savage and every snap that he takes. I mean, I'm anxious to see that. I want to see what he can do. Look, with Tom Savage, I still feel like if you ask any Texans fan, it's hope. He brings hope. You know, there is hope with Tom Savage. With Brock Osweiler, you know, you just go, Oh my God, I just hope he doesn't screw the game up and maybe we can somehow figure out a way to get to this next week, but probably not. And here we are and it's the same thing. And with Tom Savage, if he's out there against the Raiders, even if he lose, even if it's a bad game or something like that, at least he got a chance. At least you'd know a little bit more about him, a little bit more about what he can do. You know a little bit more about going into the offseason. You can make a more intelligent decision on what you might do. This is, it's all going to be very important. To, it's super important that, like you said, if Tom Savage isn't the quarterback this week, which, you know, could be possible, uh, it scares the hell out of me. And no, it's going to make everybody sick. It's not what you want to hear on January 1st, 2017. You know, they'll go run for the toilets after the Titans Texans game, doing the post game here. But Brock Osweiler. You know, is going to be a factor with the Texans next season because he's under contract. There's nobody that's going to trade for that $18.5 million guaranteed that he has next season. If the Texans aren't going to cut him outright, that's just not what Bob McNair and Rick Smith are going to do where, you know, they dump $8.5 million of salary so they can, uh, you know, bring in another quarterback. They may, now, the Texans could potentially draft another quarterback, have Tom Savage on the roster and Brock Osweiler on the roster, too. And who, whether Bill O'Brien's a coach or somebody else is a coach, but again, you know, he's going to be a factor next season coming into training camp, competing for a starting job. He'll have a much shorter leash. So you'll have to just look at that, you know, watching the Texans next training camp. But, you know, if he does become the starter, but Brock Osweiler is not out of the picture, at least until not after the 2017 season. So if you're already counting down to New Year's 2018, uh, that's, uh, you know, the, the, when we ring in next year, that, that's when Brock Osweiler's contract can be very easily uh, waived. So it, I, I, some people are already looking forward to 2018, as that may be. Yeah. 
Uh, the other thing that's pretty interesting that happened today, and you, I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but Gary Kubiak is retiring, according to all reports. Former Texans coach Gary Kubiak uh, retiring from football, from what you were hearing, started out as a ball boy for Bum Phillips, Houston Oilers, spent 32 years as a player and coach. He's participated in seven Super Bowls as a player or coach, was on the winning side four times, three times as an assistant for the Broncos and Niners, and of course last year's championship as the Broncos head coach. And as you guys I'm sure know, he's a Houston St. Pius grad, a fighting Texas Aggie. Uh, RG, it'll be sad to see Gary Kubiak go for a lot of Houstonians, but I mean, it's it's one of those things where he's had a lot of health issues. I'm sure that has to factor in as much as anything. It's got to be about his health situations. He had the stroke here in Houston. Everybody remembers that at halftime during the Colts game on national TV. And he missed a game this year with migraines. And I, I'm sure it, it might have come down to a family decision or something like that. But uh, just a, an amazing career for a local guy. Uh, wish he could have done a little bit more with the Texans, but led them to their first two division championships and their first two playoff victories in the history of the franchise. So, uh, so long and, and farewell, we might be saying to Gary Kubiak. Yeah, very well said about Gary Kubiak and a former Texans coach. And you want, wish him the best here if it is his last game that he's coaching as a head coach. Because, you know, going back to Denver, Houston and Denver, those were the two places closest to his heart. He was a backup to John Elway. Then John Elway takes over as the president slash GM of the organization, hires Gary Kubiak. They win a Super Bowl. Wade Phillips is on that staff, another Houstonian. Just kind of a great story uh, 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 last year. where you know Gary Kubiak finally gets that Super Bowl victory. We wish it could have been in Houston, but it wasn't. And if this is his last game, you know, you have to just kind of uh, understand that there's uh, the NFL is just a very pressure filled job. I'd be a head coach in the NFL. You, you don't sleep, you know, you, you're up constantly trying to figure out, you know, and your, your job is 365 days of the year. So if he is having health problems, and you mentioned he's already had the, the mini stroke and the migraines and, and probably his family and those close around him and, and, and knowing that he's going to have to go through kind of a, a situation where a lot of the onus is going to be on him to develop quarterback, whether, you know, Peyton Lynch and get the team back to where because Broncos have high expectations. So that's that's something that you just can't take your foot off the gas pedal, go at a lighter these days in the NFL, you just can't do that. So you, you have to think that, you know, he's probably saying, you know what, I've won a Super Bowl. I've been a head coach in the NFL. I've lived out my dream. You know, I, he'll probably be involved with the game still somehow, but take it take it back. And if that's what he decides to do, you have to give him credit for that and, and, and thank him not only for the years in Houston, but for what he's done in the NFL. One of the things that you just said, just I thought was very interesting, maybe, might explain a lot. Uh, you said that these coaches, they don't get a lot of sleep, but maybe that explains some of the decision-making from the head coaches around the NFL because they make some weird decisions. Sleep deprivation. Guys, get your eight hours in. It might make you a better coach. You know, you never know. Get 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 your eight hours Can we have automated coaches here in the future? I mean, it's like that might be the, the, the a, a, AI. You know, we're going to have somebody that's like coaching who's a robot. Well, yeah. I mean, that's called that's called Madden. We get the the, kit, the, yeah, the, the Madden guy, the guy that, you know, we just took it up to Madden and see what to run and do all that sort of stuff. Uh, there's people that have thought about as far as the – you know, maybe if you're on Madden, you, you know a little bit more about 
time management issues and stuff like that. So well, maybe you just hook up the Texans to, you know, Matt and then Bob McNair can save on the coach's salary and, and say, we can just get upset at, a, at the computer each week. Yeah, that that might be the answer there for, for the Texans. Well, let's wrap up locked on Texans, uh, the post game edition. We'll talk about the matchup against either the Raiders or chiefs. In our next show, cross your fingers that it's the Raiders that we're talking about. And a lot of you people will be hearing this and will know by the time you listen to this show. But that's kind of what I'm expecting. So you can laugh at me if I'm wrong uh, when you're listening to this. If you're new to the podcast, it's all Texans all the time, five days a week. It's all part of the Locked On Network of Podcasts, a show for every NFL and NBA team. Subscribe to Locked On Rockets to get more on James Harden's MVP run. Oh, man, he's just doing some amazing things. Ben DuBose hosts Locked On Rockets. You can listen to us by subscribing on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or our Locked On Texans Audio Boom website. You can contact me through our Locked On Texans Facebook page or on Twitter at Locked On Texans. If you're a fan of all Houston sports, make sure to check out me and RG's Houston Sports Talk podcast. Everything in Houston sports, Rockets, Astros, Texans, Dynamo, Cougars, Longhorns, Aggies, you name it. That's what we'll do. The Texans fall to nine and seven after a basically meaningless game hopefully savage is okay and ready to go next week the final score against the titans 24 to 17 hope you had a wonderful new year and we'll talk to you again very soon you are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day